Hey, I saw that you had notes. What's this about? So I got a page of notes here that I made about the liberal arts. I don't know. Just like different things about the liberal arts that I think are what what would lodge us back into the great conversation if we were a part of it, I guess, to be a part of it. So it's, um, so, you know, it's the, cause I, I can never remember what all the nine muses are. So, Oh yeah. I wrote um, those down in my book. I should get those. <laughs> and then the, um, the, the great, the sciences, yeah, uh, what the sciences are, what the uh, and what the liberal arts are. That's really all that's in my notes. What the seven liberal arts are. Um, I'm gonna grab my book because I I wrote those down. I can't remember where I left my book at. But it was interesting. It, you know, after this weekend, um, the breakfast with those wonderful students up in Moscow. Yeah. Um. The Aaron and I. We we were chatting afterwards and talking specifically about um, the uh, when we were talking about the differences of political opinions of our kids. Of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Aaron and I ended up with <laughs> kids who are oh no, you got all over that. the map on yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so like we've got one daughter who ended who is a um, constitutional monarchist by conviction. That was interesting. Um, one of our son, yeah, one of our sons is a libertarian. Um, one, one um, is is kind of a, um, you know, our, our youngest is going through what you might call a nationalist phase. Um, <laughs> I, I suspect he'll make it through. Um, <laughs> but and then our uh, our other daughter is. Would have been a royalist during the um, American Revolution, but thinks that since we won, now we have to submit to this form of government. And so they, we have these crazy debates at dinner. And I, I had forgotten that that's weird, if that makes sense, because we've been doing it for so long. It just feels normal. But until it came up. <laughs> yeah, it just um, feels normal. We, like our kids laugh and they get debating and they've got. Um, and uh, when. And Aaron was, she was saying, well, what, why, like when we have all of the, all of the things that are central convictions to us, our kids love and we share in common, right? They all love the creeds. They love, the, um, they, they really like, you know, the, the Trinity comes up all the time when they're, ta when, when we're talking and, um, and, uh, you know, that one of our one of the phrases that has become pretty common in our household is who's good thing. Jesus died for us. You know, like yeah. when we, when, so like all, all of that stuff, all of those convictions are, are held in common, but that it gives this freedom. So when they start debating on what the ideal government is, right. Um, they all have different, they all have just sort of throw down at different points on what the ideal government is. What, what is the ideal um, government, Jason? <laughs> I don't think there is an ideal government. I think there's a proper government for the moment, and there's the legal government for the moment. And you, we're, we should always be trying to move 
the legal government towards the proper government. That's my conviction. And so, um, I don't know if I agree the, with that, but <laughs> we, we, that's okay. That's the thing. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. You, you better use that's the right font. In, that's what, <laughs> right. I mean, that's what happens at our, we, in our, at our dinner tables, right. They start, they get, and it's, they get like going on a topic or our kids do get going on a topic and, and Aaron and, and I both just really enjoy it and, you know, lob grenades in to the debates and such. Um, and, uh, and I just ask questions mostly in the debates. And I've been doing that when our, when our kids say, here's what I think. I just start asking them questions um, because it's more important. Like with, when it's, a central doctrinal conviction, you know, that we as a family hold. So they're all um, functioning as theonomists. That's just, the, yeah. the, <laughs> then we, then we like really get, get yeah, after yeah, yeah. it. You know, they, I do, it's not like, Oh, you're a Unitarian now, huh? You right, know, but, right. But things that are less important, like form of government, for example, <laughs> we I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a poke at me. I know what you did there. That's a poke at you. It we, hurt. We it's more it's more important that they learn, you know, growing up that they learn how to debate well, form their form their thoughts, communicate them, rebuttal well. Right. That's what I want um, he, in kids that as they grow up and what Aaron and I have always been after, you know, with like they our kids, quote unquote, talk back. But more than other kids you teach them how but to it's have, not really talking back, you're, right. but you're teaching them how to have conversations, right? How to have conversations with their peers, but also with authorities. Right. How what does it look like? To when somebody has authority in your life, what does it look like to bring a bring an objection? <laughs> um, and the um, the number of times that it's gone along the lines of, okay, I'm glad to hear you after you obey, right? Go do the thing I asked you to do, then come back and explain to me why it was why you object to the command, but go do it first and. You know, seventy percent of the time they never come back because they're trying to get out of it. But sometimes they they do come back after they went off and did it, and then they then and then you have a conversation about the command, right? Because you're trying to teach them how to respectfully interact uh, up and down chains of command. Um, because someday they're going to be at the top, and you want them to be able to to interact up and down chains of command as well. So. But all of that, um, you know, uh, Aaron was saying, she was like, well, but they all, they all love the things we love, right? They all have the, the convictions, they're all serving the Lord there. So, um, and the, and the muses came back up and it was like, well, yeah, but that's because they would never want to miss dinner because they know it's going to be delicious because you, you set a beautiful table you have the you you you've created a home where they they want to get home. They love being here because it's a beautiful place to be. They want to bring their friends here because Aaron's so hospitable. You know, um, they they bring friends over to sit with mom, right? They right, don't right. bring friends over to hide in the room, right? So, um, they, their affections have all been trained by their mom, and the beautiful 
place and the beautiful tone and the beautiful hospitality uh, of it all that they can't imagine that some other place is better, right? Some other place is more fun or something, right? That um, the, the uh, so it, they know this is the place they want to be. And so being here, you know, is, it is, or this place, they also know this place is built on the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? This house is resting on the death and resurrection of Jesus that the triune nature of God is, is on display here because Jesus is how you get, is how you know God, right? Like all the, um, that's all out in the open and has always been out in the open. And every, anytime they go other places, um, that's the question is, well, what's the, is it built on the death and resurrection of Jesus here or not? Right. And I can tell because of how beautiful and how enjoyable it is. That's the, so that's, so that's, that was the conversation that we had, um, you know, that afternoon after the breakfast. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. Uh, it was probably that evening. Um, and it was, it's kind of along the same lines of that. Just talking about the importance of the home. I, I don't know how to drive. I, um, someone was asking me about which laws that do, what laws do I want to make um, illegal? They're, they're dealing with the trans thing. Right. Um, and he oh, said, yeah. okay. what do you think about a ban or make it illegal for anyone to have any um, uh, surgeries above below the age of 16? No surgeries, no plastic surgeries. I was like, so if a baby's born with a cliff palate, no plastic surgery? Yeah, that that was the first one I thought of too, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, no, I'm not I'm not interested in that that kind of law. Yeah. Um because there's restorative. Right, exactly. As and there's the, restorative surgeries. And so my pushback was, don't we already have laws that make it wrong to abuse children? And the people doing surgeries take an oath. So we're not looking to have laws to stop people from doing stuff. We're looking to have, because we already have those. We already have laws that say, okay, this is abuse. The question is, do we know morally what abuse looks like extrapolated out, right? Do we have right. a moral foundation to say we know? Because if we don't have that, then make all the laws you want to try and stop transgender surgery. You don't get there. You don't get there because the problem isn't that you need another law. The problem is you have no idea what morality looks like. So a person, you know, uh, uh, shoot, 60 years ago would have never said, do we need a law for that? It's like, well, we have abuse laws on the, on the books. We have uh, the duties and responsibilities of parents to their kids. That's common moral understanding of, a, of the culture. So then when you get to the point that you start seeing that you need to make these particular types of laws, um, then you realize that you've gone too far. The people have exceeded or they have left their morality that helps them understand how to treat another human being behind. And so I get that law is supposed to be a teacher, right? It's supposed to teach people. I get that. But this law is more restrictive. It's not in the teaching sense. It's just um, 
it's not allowing the person to be human to think. They're not using wisdom. They're, none of that's there, right? That's all. It's all gone. And now law is just trying to say, oh, boy, this thing's going to explode. So let's try and bind them in as tight as we can so that it doesn't explode. Yeah. Um, well, da- David Fowler pointed out, he said, we already have that law. It's laws. The law is called battery. Right. It's right. Battery is illegal, which. Yeah, which is violence against the body of another, and he, he said that's the the re, that's the question is 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 it is what's going on battery or not or is it restorative? Because the medicine ceases to be medicine when it's not restorative. So we when we look at like uh, um, the the Nazi doctors. Quote, we, we say, quote, unquote, doctors, because the experiments they're doing on people are not restorative. It's not a restorative. So it's not really medicine. Um, but we haven't we don't know as soon as somebody puts on a lab coat. Because we have treated the lab coat like a priestly garment, we we get confused. So when a doctor puts on his lab coat, we start to think that he is speaking from on high in our in in our current cosmology um mm. because the doctor is the the priest of health rather than the um you know a, rather than what he's intended to be which is a minister you know a, a minister of healing is that older traditional mm-hmm. definition of of doctor right so you have um you have the three spheres that can work on the sabbath in a traditional cosmology in a historic Christian cosmology. So you've got the, which is why you have the minister of justice, right? The minister of health and the minister of Christ, right? So the, you've got the minister of grace. He can work on the Sabbath. He can run a church service. What about the mercy? minister of justice. Would mercy be? Well, under, the, under... so, but no mercy would be something that it would normally break the Sabbath, but, it be, oh, I got a you. I work got of you. Necessity or mercy, right? right? I got so, you. Yeah, yeah. so it's somebody. It's somebody that can't rightfully work on the Sabbath, but that comes across somebody on the side of the road, right? right and you right. say, "Oh shoot!" Well, um, you you're you're going down the side of the road, and you see somebody's the wind take off, take the roof off of a house, and so you jump up there, and you're madly getting the roof reattached. Normally, you wouldn't roof on the Sabbath, but it's allowed right, right, because right. it's a minute. Yeah. So, so the except works of necessity and mercy in the, in, in the Westminster is things that wouldn't, that you normally wouldn't do on the Sabbath, but there are the three offices of, of people that can work on the Sabbath and it's not Sabbath breaking the minister of, uh, of grace, the minister of justice. So the police um, in our, in our current setup, it's the police, the sheriff, um, the, uh, and, and whether or not, you know, well, we don't have to get into constitutionality or, but, and then the minister of health, right? So the ER can stay open on the Sabbath and there's no, no doc, nobody's going to say, well, that doctor's breaking the Sabbath. He shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath, but he's a minister of healing directly by, from Christ. So, um, so in that setup, right, you don't think of, the doctor as somebody who is also is the minister of grace. He's not, he's restoring health. He's not restoring your soul. He's not 
restoring um, your identity, anything like that. His job is to is to restore the body, right? Um, the the minister of justice, his job is to re, is to protect the corporate body, right? The society, the, the corporate man, and then um, the by by means of justice. Uh, and then the minister of grace is the he restores the soul. So that that's a different view of mankind. Um, when you put the that restorative soul care onto the doctor, mm. right? but that's right, what we've right. done. Which and so, so we don't know how to respond when the doctor says this is what's best for the soul. We say, well, he speaks the truth. He's got the lab coat on. He's got right as a society. And Christians hopefully are not doing that. Um, although we do, it is it. Is, you can feel the the tug, right? I know right. I can. When the doctor starts to speak, you feel the tug because we are a part of society that's broken in this way. But um, you know, putting things back in their proper order isn't something that the law can do, right? It can it, it uh, so in be, this case. So because. Right. I want to challenge some of the, something I just said earlier because I'm I'm wondering if I'm even disagreeing with myself a little bit, but because the law is designed to restrain evil, everybody is seeing the evil that's here right now and saying let's make a law to restrain evil. I mean, and I can hear the pool yeah. where it's like, do you not see these people on? I've seen so many folks, Jason, who are crying and so heartbroken, and just dismayed and don't know how the future looks because they cut off their penis or because they cut off their breasts. Right. And it's like, no one should be able to lie to someone like that and get away with it. So we just need to make this illegal. Yeah. But it, it, that the thing is, is it already is that. So they're having to go out of their way to, to try to make it legal, right? Like changing, definitions of what you can and can't do as a minor as a minority age wise right when you under under the age of consent changing the parents roles right it already is illegal that's not the um in uh, unless there are some states where they have changed some laws to begin making it legal I think they might right? have yeah so th it's not on it's not on us to go make new laws. We should be protecting the laws that currently keep it illegal, that and have it enforce illegal it, yeah. and try it and enforce. And then, but that's, and then that's what the thing is. The laws need to be enforced. So, um, the debt, the, the definition of battery is violence against the body or property, uh, violence against the body or property of another. I think, I mean, it was pretty simple. I, something like that. I have to look it up. Um, and then, because uh, assault, I think, is a is like the an attempted battery or some something like I. I can't remember the relationship between assault and battery. A container consisting of more than one cell. Wait, wrong battery. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> wrong battery. Timing. <laughs> um. Definition of law in battery. Battery is an unlawful application of force directly or indirectly on another person or their personal belongings, causing bodily injury or offensive contact. The um, attempt of bat attempted battery is assault, according to that dictionary. So, um, 
but that's what's going on just because a doctor does it. Um, and just because a doctor has convinced somebody to let them do it doesn't make it not battery, right? If I just walk like up, abortion, right? Just because you agree to yep. it doesn't mean that it's not murder. Yeah. And that, I mean, the, I'm, and the, the baby didn't even agree to it, but yeah, sure, if exactly. two people agree together, exactly. like if, if I walk, if, if I walk up to my neighbor and I say, Hey, let's go to the other neighbor's house and punch him in the face. We say, well, look, the two of us agreed together among two or three witnesses punch him in the face. <laughs> right. So why are we, why are, why is this battery? You say, well, that's not how battery works. If the two people walk up and you say, look, you either let us punch you in the face or else, um, or, or it'll, it'll, it'll make you feel better. It'll keep you from committing suicide down the road. Let us punch you in the face. And they say, okay, punch us in the face. And the sheriff walks by and sees it happen. He should still be going over there and, and stopping it. Right. Cause it's battery. Even if the person was like, no, they're, they're trying to keep me from committing suicide in 10 years. It's like, no, it's, it's still, still battery. battery. So yeah. Yeah, it's still battery, right? So, so the laws are actually there, and this was uh, this is all. I, this was all. I learned this talking to David Fowler and reading his new. Hey, this is a good plug right book. now. You know what I'm talking about? Oh wait, <laughs> you mean the new book that I got finally? Thank you, yeah, David. He, yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, the um, and, and but I and I think that because we have because we have forgotten that the doctor's job as a minister of health um, that, that that's something that, uh, that it, the, and, and turned them into more of a priest, a minister of something else. We have, we don't know what to do. So, cause somebody says, well, it's a mental health issue. We say, Oh, is it? Okay. Well, in that case, I don't know. In that case, right. You say, well, say, okay, if it's a mental health issue, then there's that's a it, it's only in the realm um, of mental health if it's physical f- in a Christian cosmology, right? Because there are mental problems. Um, so so like if somebody really um, ha- has you know, um, I, uh, oh with um, dysphoria or something like that the yeah, well, now I'm thinking of oh the the comedian um, Robin Williams. Oh yeah, right. I think is a good example, right? So he had he had mental health issues that he dealt with throughout his life, bipolar um, or something. And but yeah, but it and it came directly from he he got addicted to cocaine before his brain was completed forming, and he and he would talks about this. Um, it's it, where so he he. Um, his cocaine cocaine while his brain was forming ended up causing some problems that he dealt with throughout his life. He ended up becoming a Christian towards the end of his life. He ended up committing suicide, but when they did the autopsy, they found that he also had a long, a slow growing tumor um, on, on his brain that was, that also was, uh, uh, would have been a depression causing, tumor because of where it was right so those are physical problems where you need a doctor's help to deal with some of those things and some of them you just you realize like sometimes god heals those things and sometimes he doesn't and he had to deal with the the bipolar dips of of depression and elation um because of 
the misuse of cocaine, right? That's not the proper use of cocaine over the coca cocoa plant. Um, it, and uh, and so he, uh, you know, he wish he would have had parents around. Like he was a brilliant, brilliant man. He was a brilliant child, brilliant man, um, and had to struggle against real mental health issues throughout his life. And as Christians, we should be we should have a lot of compassion in that situation, right? Say, man, that's got to be really hard and help him take the guilt of it to Christ, the shame of it, right? Because there's a lot of shame involved with mental health and um, you don't want to talk about it. You know, um, I, I went through when I, after my, I had spinal meningitis, which squished the size of my brain down 50% um, and dealt with all kinds of, depression you know the physical physical caused depression like i don't i i'm a, I'm a pretty emotional guy but i don't suffer with depression usually but during that time i really did right um and it's embarrassing to talk about right you don't because it's a it's a weakness and um and being learning how to take shame to christ and, you know, to be, live honestly before the Lord in confession, you know, those sorts of things are the way to, that that's an, an enormously important part of dealing with mental health. Um, a lot of the modern mental health comes from our bad cosmological, you know, yeah, dis, yeah. the dis, dislodgement, right? So the, the answers are theological, you know, in what the, they call it in uh, in medical terms, they call it talk therapy. Right? <laughs> That's the the what most people need is what they call talk therapy. The problem friends is with talk therapy. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what, yeah. Talk therapy is friendship. Like what most people need is actually friends, right? Friends that the kind of friends that when you're like, oh, dude, I can, I am, I don't, I don't want to get out of bed today. I don't want to get off the couch that show up, you know, they show up with, um, and, and say, Hey, we're, we're going for a walk. We're, you know, we're getting out. We're, we're going to the, um, we're going to a movie, you know, like friends that, and, and they're like, man, you seem like you're struggling. What's up, man. Tell me what's going on. And then they remind you of God's grace. They remind you that so that a lot of the grace that, God sends to deal with our shame has to do with having friends that you can trust to tell stuff to, because then you see Christ in their eyes when they don't disown you, mm. right? Be, because of the shame, um, it's, you know, if it if it's the, if you're ashamed of something that you need to go to prison for, then prison is the is the grace, right? <laughs> but, but 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 most of the time it's. Um, it's friends that hear you say the thing you're embarrassed of or you're ashamed of and still are your friends, right? That um, that's, that that's Christ's presence in your life through your friends. But we, we've got the severe mental health issue and we've, tr- and then we treat doctors like the priests um, that can apply grace to it. Um, and, you know, a good Christian doctor does, speak the truth to you and um you know but you uh you you have to have that re-enlargement you know the i mean when it's when it's something like that what you need is 
just to be replugged into your place in the universe, uh, that's the place what, God made you to yeah, be. So that's where I want to get to because so I think we're all trying to work through this, and I appreciate the question because I see people are trying to really help. I think that the people who want to mm-hmm. um, ban drag queen story hour um, and stop transgender surgeries to from kids and it's like I you know I get it I know why they're after this they they want to help and I get that and I want to help too but what is the, so then what is the real way to go about doing this because going and changing a law to me um it just seems like that's that's only going to hold up so long against the current right force that we have of, of a culture right now so then where we start at with the answers yeah. for this well, I mean, I think you saw this in, was it, 78, 79, when they established the definition of marriage federally um, in order to stop the move towards normalization of homosexuality, right? So you you people saw it coming, and they said, we need to – people are trying to normalize homosexuality. Well, we need a law that says – here is what marriage is. Marriage is one man and one woman in covenant together. Um, and what that turned out to do was make it possible to legally change the definition of marriage. That's how we, and so Doma right. helped get Obergefell. Exactly, right? So, because then part of the argument is, well, the federal government established the definition of marriage so they can establish a new definition of marriage. And right? it was, but the, the reality is the federal government never had it's same same with licenses you know, marriage licenses they established marriage licenses to stop interracial marriage right so the left did not want interracial marriage um, and so they said you have to get a marriage license so that we can say no if um, you and uh, to interracial marriage well what that ended up doing down the line was making it possible to say we can give out marriage licenses. Uh, we give out marriage licenses. We give that we establish the definition of marriage. We're the ones that control what is and what isn't a marriage. Therefore, we can change it. Yeah. So it was the attempt. It, it was law, an attempt to fix it by law, made it possible to unfix it by law. This we is- already had a, a definition of marriage. This is the same thing I always am talking about when it comes to gun laws. Like that's shouldn't have them, right? Like that's just bottom line. Every and it's so funny. Yeah, it, it, we were talking about the coca plant this a moment ago, but it's like that's they were established to keep free men, particularly black men, and then it move on to uh, white poor men, <laughs> and uh, without guns. Yeah. That was a whole goal. They, yeah, and Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. they wanted it. Yep. This is yeah. The, and and, the, and that's the thing is when when law is seen as a way for one group to have power over another group, right? Then you have already lost. Right? When the society comes to understand law that way, you've already lost. So the question then is, when did our view of law become one where one it was it was a question of who's in charge. The the law became a question of who's in charge because they got to tell other people to do things they didn't want versus the law is something that everybody, no matter how powerful has to submit to, right? Lex 
Rex versus Rex Lex. The law is king versus the king is the law. Um, that uh, And that shift happened in the late 1800s legally. And um, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, you have a, a major shift in the definition of law. It all happens it it happens all at the same time as the um as the what you would call the de the debunking of the of folklore um right so you have all of the stories that people a, a people group tell to give themselves a definition as a people group are, is called folklore now that's what we call it now they used to just say like, "Well, here's here's our stories, right?" We we from the the university post evolution um, being becoming the the orthodoxy. The university began saying university systems began saying, "Let me tell you the the way that the folklore evolved into its current form." where it came from and why it, how it evolved into its current form in order to explain away why these stories move you. Right. So, um, so you have, you know, an, an entire books written about why, where the Holy grail comes from, right. It used to be that people just were moved by all the stories of the Holy grail. And so they were important to them. And so those stories shaped their, what inter, Interpsychic definition of who they were and how they related to people, right? That they, the because this story was, you know, they said this story is beautiful and I want to be that character. That's mm. how we interacted with those stories, and so they were our quote unquote folklore. But we didn't think of them as of as folklore. We we told stories of Arthur and the return of Arthur because we knew Arthur was a uh, Arthur was a tragic hero that uh, that was. It, that was good that being a member of the round table was good that taking a vow to protect all women was a good thing right so and that, that the stories convinced us it was good because the stories were beautiful and they made good things beautiful they made good morals beautiful well you have folks come along um and begin making an argument that the re that really what's hidden behind those stories is that we used to have rituals uh, every spring that, that we thought in our, in our ignorance caused the plants to come up, caused the spring to come and the winter to thaw. And so we had these, these rituals uh, harvest uh, planting rituals and harvest rituals that we thought caused the world to give up its goods. Um, and, that, and then those rituals slowly transformed into stories. And then when Christianity came along, it secretly snuck those ritual stories into itself in, in order to control people. Right. Now, the real reason that you are moved by those stories is because there's a, a secret psychic evolution in the back of your brain that causes you to be moved by stories that remind you of this ancient ritual that you thought made the, the, the wheat and come up every year. And people were like, Oh, bummer. I thought I liked it cause it was beautiful, but I guess I, 
my brain is tricking me. My, my subconscious is tricking me. And so like, we can't tell those stories or think it's good to be a part of the round table anymore. It was all a lie. And so you have all these movements to convince people that their folklore is lying to them because of evolution. Um, and that science will give them a new folklore or well, science will replace what was their folklore. Right. Um, and give them their morals, give them, give them their education, right. give, them, give them truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you had the scientific education movement, but it's right at the same time that you have the change in the definition of law. Um, I know I've brought it up a bunch, but it's the, the book that, that lays it out is called the heavenly city of the 18th century philosophers. It's been a while since you brought by that Carl one. Becker. Yeah. Yeah. That one is it's must read. It's a must read. All right. I'm um, on it. I'm on it. it. <laughs> but so, so you have this change in the definition of what law is for, because you have this entire shift in the cosmology to, um, and evolution is the, is the Trojan horse that brings it all in. Once you have said, Oh, evolution makes sense. Then you start talking about the evolution of everything else because evolution is the tip of the iceberg of a cosmo that, that an entire cosmological shift um, brought with it, right? This iceberg came in and evolution was the visible part. Biological evolution by um, natural selection was the visible part, but it was a whole understanding of how th- truth and beauty and, and uh, goodness fit together. So we can't get back to we, the the answer is not we've got to get laws in place that stop it. We have laws in place. The answer is we've got to remember what what kind of place this is and then apply those laws that are already there. So then <clears throat> that seems very unattractive to our current situation. Just want to say that. I mean, no, totally. I'm saying like, right. it's like, because, because yeah. that, that seems like it puts us at a disadvantage because the other side is using laws in a particular way. And it's but happening I mean, so about it. fast, though, Jason. It's like so fast. You're talking about a 30, 40 year, 50 year restorative plan. And we're talking about surviving just the next three minutes. <laughs> but, but you get a law that says, Hey, no more drag queen story hour. While you're in charge, that law seems like a good idea. You, somebody else gets in charge and they say, hey, we've already got a law about Drag Queen Story Hour. Let's just flip it around. Now, Drag Queen Story Hour is required. Mm. Right. Not right. But you've opened up the door that the decision about whether or not there's Drag Queen Story Hour happening in your libraries um, is in the hands of somebody at the top. Right. Um, it's an octopus uh, at that point. So it's who's who's in the brain of the octopus gets to control everything versus, um, you know, the what you have right now, which, well, I mean, it'd be better if you have all of the libraries separated. And and then if a couple of them go bad, it's just a couple of places but the rest of the libraries the Christians have understood the importance of the library system. And so they, they keep it up and they keep it, keep it what it's supposed to be, right. A space for a space for learning, a space for kids that are looking for the um, looking for the educational materials, the books they need, right. um, uh, 
libraries are a good thing in a um, for in a literate society. It's you just don't, but you don't want one person controlling what goes on in all the libraries everywhere. So then, so then, and maybe we need to start a parallel library system. I don't. Know. I think I'd like a lot of people have already, which I appreciate that. So then, we're on soul crafting through beauty one B. So <laughs> this wasn't the way that I wanted to 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 get here, but I think it's important. I think this is the way forward. But how do you do it? So then what's the, you know, because there seems to be a, I, I think you have to have, one of the things I've learned about the anonymous and being one, they are, they have no, um, and I don't mean to use this word in a negative sense, but they have no pragmatic way of getting to their ends outside of letting the whole thing right. burn down, you know? And so there isn't a step towards, so they don't ever have a both end approach. Um, they're very limited in being able to disciple people towards their position so that they are educating, discipling, and teaching to get people, you know, why, and, and, and so because they are limited, there isn't say, okay, this is where we currently are. How do we then take our theology, take what we currently have, and operate effectively where we currently are, stop what's going on here, and engage what we need to have going on back there so that these two come together so we don't, you know, there isn't, they yeah. usually don't have a practical way to do something. Um, and so I see that. Well, so what, one of the benefits though of, of that is that a lot of the problem is we don't, our imagination doesn't have a biblically informed ideal that we're aiming towards. And I think the theonomists are trying to say, well, what's the what would the biblically informed ideals look like for the use of the law in society? What would the, Right. Like that's what I, um, so starting by saying, what are the strengths that theonomy bring to the conversation or theonomists bring to the conversation, I think is, is how you answer that question. Right. Because you've got like you, you drug me into this Twitter debate. I actually went out and read a bunch of it. <laughs> so depressing. Are you talking about the one with G3? It's like, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, man, I'm going to need like a martini after this. You're going to need a friend to talk to. to. <laughs> yeah, a friend <laughs> to talk to. But, but what's where they, where they talk past one another is they, there is not a shared ideal that we, that we would want a, a definition of what, what if everything was working well, what would it be like? Right. There isn't a shared ideal. And so you you can't even have the conversation because you're so far off from one another in the imagination of what we're after um, to the point where a theonomist is like, well, what would you do with this uh, thing over here? And the response is, oh, yeah, well, what would you do with this? Like, you're not even having a conversation. You guys are so far off from one another imaginatively that it's a series of gotchas. Let me throw. For, yeah, yeah. I, and let me throw one more uh, in here. The, the, yeah. the, the, pro, the uh, magisterial Protestants that are um, now engaged in a conversation and they've kind of taken the lead in this. They're like, I know exactly what I do. Chop them up. 
<laughs> send them out of here. You know, let's more laws. Right. There's evil going on here right now. There's a lot of evil, and somebody needs to restrain this evil. That's why I appreciate the magisterial reform guys because they're saying that's evil. We know how to restrain it. Let's go. Right, right, and they're like, let's yeah. just get the, this thing. And the 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 reality is, the restraining of evil is the central job of the civic magistrate, right? Yeah, that we're told that what they're supposed to do is restrain evil so that there's room for good people to live their lives. Yep. Right. They protect the space for good people to live their lives. Right. Pure, you know, innocent people, I guess, because good people has a moral connotation. Innocent people is a legal connotation. Right. So, it's, but you want the space for the people that haven't committed crimes to be able to just do what they want, live their lives. Right. And, um, and that when somebody commits a crime for the justice to be swift and clear, um, and that's what creates the space for everybody else to just go to to soccer games on Saturdays with their families, barbecue in the backyard, start businesses, serve one another. You know, um, the and right now the civic magistrate has said that our job is to regulate everything, life, regulate yeah. life, right? So um, that's a it's a different it's a different purpose that the current civil civil magistrate has for itself than what god has given it so um so but the question then you know the, the when you say how do we get from here to there um right now we can't even agree on what there is even in basics and some of that is a vocabulary issue from what i can tell like when i read through the Twitter thing, there's people that are just using words in different ways. There's people that are using the same word in different ways within one tweet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of confusion. We don't have the skills. We don't have the, the debate skills that get us to truth. Um, we don't have the logic skills as a society, as a people, as a, as a church, as the, the American church. Um, we don't have, those skills. And so in my mind, that means we need to back up a step. We need to back up an entire step and say, we're actually not ready to build the bridge, right? We need, um, we need an engineering lesson before anybody lets us build a bridge. <laughs> um, and there's, there's people that are like, there's trees, chop them down, lay them down. We'll get, let's just, it's important to get to the other side and, and um, just, just, put trees across, you know, somebody shoot a rope. We'll swing everybody. We'll swing across. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, I look at it and say, we're not ready to build a bridge. Um, we're not currently incubating the society that we want out there in the church. And historically that's how the church has affected society. It has incubated the society at once within the church. And then, um, it's either overflowed and changed the society or the society outside has collapsed. And the church has said, don't worry, we've been incubating it. And so sometimes it's happened really fast, right? You've, you've got an, an 
a, a society that within a generation flips into a new kind of society because the uh, the ex, the society of the world collapses and the church has been faithfully incubating a new society a new civic magistrate um Can I- through its justice internal justice internal righteousness internal love of truth love of goodness i gotta stop you right there because uh, so, yeah, I, I just want to say amen to that and here's where i see it at particularly in my own home i was going to say this earlier my kids saturday were having an issue it was the younger ones younger kids always have issues they find every reason to have an issue <laughs> yeah. but um they were having an issue and one of them was able to identify that the other kid was actually making a good argument listened to him and said, you know what? You're right. I did not see that. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And just like that, said, I forgive you. Thank you. And they moved on and kept going on. And it was so simple. It was like hardly anything. And I was like, right. Do you know how many things in the world would be <laughs> solved? Through right. that if type that's how of, we dealt with stuff. If people really believed in forgiveness, you know, you said your house was, one of the one things that welcomed your kids home was because they knew it was a house that was built on Christ and the gospel. Um, could you imagine if that was the kind of nation that we had where people believed that? And so real forgiveness was something that you could give when somebody repented because you knew that Christ had died for the sin of that other person and for your own. And so yep. how could you not forgive them? And you have this, that, that reality operating in society and cult- And I look at that, I'm like, well, if my family is doing this, other families are doing this. This is going to be pretty good, right? I, right, yeah. Um, and 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 then the and and then the the ecclesiastical institution, if it's doing it as well, right? right. I mean, we're we're well on we're well on our way. Right now, m- many ecclesiastical institutions are not. That's right. Worried about. The gospel <laughs> doing justice, doing, you know, yeah, doing mercy. Um, you know, uh, and so you don't go to church and get a get more justice, more peace, more um, grace, you know, <laughs> that uh, unfortunately, and that's what we should want, right? Is for the church to be a, a reflection of the society of, re- of the resurrection. Right. So that the society that is coming when all things are put right. Right. That's what the church is seeking to emulate. Um, And that means we actually have to know we have to actually have to say, what does it look like for justice to be done? And are we doing it? What does it look like for um, righteousness to be done for protection of the innocent? Uh, You know, um, that that sort of thing. So, I mean, I've. I've been in situations where, you know, you have one person in the church who's leasing to another person in the church and they get into a, uh, they get into a bind, right. They get into a disagreement. Um, and, uh, and they say, Hey, can you come help us work this out? Right. So as an elder in the church, you have to understand the principles of justice enough to be able, and the, to, to be able to sit down and say, okay, Tell me what happened. Can I see the lease? Let me look at the lease. What's the actual agreement you guys entered into? Is it, is anybody breaking the agreement? Is this or is this just a personal issue? Um, and help people work those things out. And if they know, they're more likely to get justice going to the elders um, than they are to 
or if they're not likely to get justice going to the elders, they'll sue one another. Even though they know it's wrong because they know that they're, they need justice to be able to live life, right? You, you need, um, and so if they can't get, but if they know they, they can get justice from the elders and, and um, both sides can sit down and say, we mediate, and then you you help them through it and you get justice. They both and they both look at it at the end and they say, "Okay, no, you're right. That's just." Even the person who quote unquote loses can look at it and say, "Oh, I get what you're saying. That's just." It also makes it possible for there to be mercy when you know what justice is. Mm. When you don't know what justice is in a situation, um, it makes it impossible to show mercy, which is refusing to give justice by giving something different, right? Give you know so. Um, and you know, mercy is not giving justice that's deserved. Uh, you know, uh, and grace not giving um, just punishment. Sorry, that's deserved um, is mercy, and grace is giving more than what was what was owed. Right. So you have um, interesting legal terms. So you have a situation, you know, where you've got a breakdown. If the el if an if an elder or a couple of elders can come in and sit down, read through the lease, help them figure it out, and say, "Here's what justice is," right? This is what you guys agreed to. This is what happened. This is what's owed. Um, it actually makes it possible for the person who has owed something in justice to say, "I forgive it. I forgive that." And um, and I and I've seen that happen. I've also seen people say, "Okay, thank you for helping us work it out. It looks like I do owe thirteen hundred dollars." here's the $1,300 and then everybody's happy, right? Even if they're not happy because they realized that they owed something they thought they didn't or whatever, when, the, when it's real justice, everybody, it, things are put right. Right. Um, but also when real justice is put out here as here's what real justice will look like, it makes real mercy actually possible. So, um, and so that's where, that's where we're not, we are not as a American ecclesiastical jurisdiction we are not um we're not raising up or prep prepping or you know um growing the new society that we want within us we are trying to get in charge so that we can force it from the top which i think is a bad call it's not going to go well let's let's i want to so i want to go back to soul crafting to be able to get there how do we if you if you say we need to step back and figure out how to and take some some uh, uh, classes on how to build bridges <laughs> and some architecture classes, um, because it sounds yeah whatever we need to do to me anyway seems like uh, we need to do it in the same way of our forefathers that we do it in such a way that it's beautiful and reminds people of the moment and that God still is kind to his people in the middle of crazy town. Like, like pastor Wilson says, yeah. uh, clowns with chainsaws. I always want to re- throw one extra in there and say trans drag clowns with chainsaws running around. <laughs> right. Um, that's just, that's where we're at. And so whatever we build and however we build, it doesn't just need to be functional. It needs to be beautiful. Right. right. You know, and it needs well, to be, I, I, a tr- you know, go ahead. I think it starts by saying, what kind of people do we need? Right? Yeah. yeah what kind yeah. of people do we need to build, uh, to have a society that reflects the 
the nature of the triune God well, right? That's that's our goal. You know, I keep thinking about Chronicles and, in this too, because this is part of what you see in Chronicles when the walls are torn down and everything is broken and, and done apart. You would think you need to go out there, grab some wood and start building on that wall, right? It's not what they did. It's not what they did. They re, you, they restored worship. <laughs> that's the first thing they did. Right, yeah. God protected so, them. Yeah. God was their wall, right? But... Right, and that's and that's a question of what kind of creature are we, right? Are we, are we, you know, Homo sapiens, Homo economus, Homo, Homos, you know, like what what kind of people are we? Well, Homo adoranus is worshiping man. That's the kind of people that God created. We're made in the image of God so that we can have fellowship with Him. We have fellowship with Him as His subjects right we we worship him and that's uh and and we discover that as his subjects worshiping him that he serves us as well right so that's the kind of ruler he is the kind of king he is is he's a king that protects and feeds his subjects but we worship him um you know because our relationship is up up the covenant chain right up the chain of authority so that's the beginning of restoring people. Um, and then what, what we raise, then we try to raise literate, logical rhetoricians, like literate, logical communicators um, that love, that love to worship the Lord. Right. That, and that's the goal, right? And this is what I was talking about with when, when you've got different views on the goal amongst the people you're never going to be a, a you know if if we've got different ideas on what does it mean to make it to the other side of this crevice then we're never going to be able to build a bridge together if one person says it's a mile away the other side's a mile away and the other person says what the other side's only 25 feet away um you you don't um you don't just start building a bridge you go measure and it come to an agreement on how far away the other side is. And I, um, the, and that's what I think right now, we don't have any sort of significant um, consensus in the American church on how far away the other side is or what, what, did, what, what even the other side we're trying to get to. And so, but we're like, we should start building the bridge anyway. Let's just start building this bridge. <laughs> I think I, I would say that the, the best thing that's happened to the American church since I started becoming reform anyway, was COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time where I felt like everyone took a measuring tape out and said, okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. I think, it, I think, I think it was meant as a, it, I, th- I think it, uh, oh, I think it was in, it, oh. in t- intended for evil because uh, I think it was all, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was on purpose, but that, yeah, that's it uh, always a whole is. another question. It always is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but God has used it for good in a cleansing way, right? Like um, he knocked down or he, he, he showed up and, and said, Hey, there's some, this, this house has a mold in it. And he started scrubbing, right? Let's, and, and things, things fell off. Um, there were, you know, thing bricks that were, 
just resting on the top of the wall, but weren't actually a part of it that just fell off and aren't, you know, God is, he, he's given us an opportunity um, to look around and say, Oh, some of y'all don't believe in the, in the jurisdiction of the church to the, or the purpose of the church to, uh, to, to guide people into the worship of the Lord. Right. Some, some, some of y'all, don't believe that the church um, has a voice is a public institution right so um, it's been revealing in that sense as well and then some of the people that don't have any sort of theological reason to know and understand these things have been trained and taught by the spirit that the church is a public institution with a public voice whose job it is to open and it openly invite people to come and worship the Lord through Christ's name. Right. You're like, yeah. Oh, we, you don't even have a confession that tells you all that. And we do. And a bunch of you got it. And a bunch of us that have the confession don't, um, didn't get it. So, um, it's, it's, it was, I think it's a huge blessing. Apocalyptic. So even. what else is on your list? Cause you're, I think your list is right in line with, and we haven't gotten how many shows well, we've done now? Almost three shows, and we haven't gotten to the things that you actually written down. So I don't want to do that again. Well, the muses that that was that's one of the things I had written down, and then we talked about the bodies of knowledge, right? The sciences, yeah. Uh, the, the, the the natural theology, moral the queen and of the science. Yeah. So we, yeah, we talked um, about, but the, the lib the the liberal arts, I think, um, are one of the really important things to restore um you know the the liberal arts they they came into the church from the ancient world similar to the muses um they came into the to the early church um because it's a way of breaking down what it is to be educated and um saying here is what an educated person here is what an educated person knows to be able to to have conversations across the generations. Um, But also here is studying these things is what exercises your faculties and exercises your imagination to be able to, um, to come up with new solutions to problems. Is it also fair to say that it was, this is the way that a free man thinks. Yep. So the, uh, so this is what this it's the education that you gave to a free to a free person to free their mind and imagination uh, um, from to to be able to basically move forward, come up with solutions to things, to own their own own their own property and business, and and have the the mental capacities to run their own life, basically, um, because. If if you are trying to raise slaves, you don't want them thinking like free people. You don't want their imagination being able to say, what if I wasn't a slave, <laughs> right? What would it look like for me to be free? What if I, you know, what if I didn't have to do what I was told, right? So you, you keep a slave in line um, mostly through mental chains, um, not uh, more through mental chains than through physical chains. That, um, the, if you want effective, uh, quote unquote, effective slaves, 
so the liberal arts were a way of removing the mental chains um, that that society has a way of constantly trying to reattach. Um, most of our current education is just mental chain shining. Make sure that those chains are real well well attached and shiny as I'll get out. And then we brag about our mental chains rather than um, try and remove them. And so the liberal arts education, the goal is to remove this, the mental chains on our imagination and faculties so that we can think well, think outside the um, current situation, have the kind of ability to wonder um, what's the ideal and put together a goal to get from here to there. So then how in would, any, in any sort of situation. So then what is it? What are the faculties then of the liberal arts and how does uh, uh, being educated that way free the chains of your mind? Yeah. So um, the, it's grammar, logic, rhetoric, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music are the seven liberal arts. Grammar, logic, rhetoric, or, um, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. So that first three and of the trivium, then people talk about that a lot. The right? first three are the trivium that, yeah, you, you hear people talk about the trivium, and those are um, the, the, uh, the, the trivium are kind of the faculties um, uh, and the quadrivium um, are the, the studies of the different kinds of logic that you find in the world. So grammar is the study of language and the study of the language of particular subjects. So you might say like, so, so the study of language is, is really important. The ability to understand um, and break down and take in language, right? So to, um, you know, when, when we were teaching our kids in the grammar, grammar years, um, the, one of the things that we talked about a lot is the goal is, is to be able to read all of the best poetry. That's the goal of the study of grammar, but it starts by being able to, to know what a subject is, what a verb is, what an adjective is, what an adverb is. Um, and, and then to break down a sentence, being able to take a sentence and say, oh, I, I can tell you exactly what the sentence is actually communicating because I understand the grammar. Right. Um, and, and I know, and then, you know, no, coming to know the vocabulary of the different, uh, different subjects. Right. So you can say, so like battery is a good example. Um, it's a it's a grammar question when you say what's we're talking about law and I and somebody says battery and you say oh you know like the battery in your car the battery in my watch or um, you say well no battery in a legal sense that's a grammar issue which which grammar which uh, which subject what's the overarching subject that has vocabulary in it um are we talking about right you've got because it's the same word in two different language games or language systems um subjects subject systems that uh it, so those are grammar questions just basic what is what is being communicated by the language and how do i make sure i know that i'm can confidently say yes this is what's 
being communicated. Logic is the study of the relationship between truths. Once you know the grammar um, and you can begin studying the logic, which is the study of the relationship between truths. So lots of different, there's different logical systems. You um, Within language, you've got different logical systems. And then you've got the the logic of all all sorts of different systems. But logic is the study of that relationship between the truths. And then rhetoric is the study of communication. How do I communicate well? Um, the study of beauty, the, how do I beautify what I'm trying to study? How do I make sure it's true? How do I make sure it's beautiful and it points people towards goodness? So the, the rhetoric is that study of communication. Um, and then when you get into the quadrivium, you've, it's a series of different logics, so arithmetic is the logic of numbers, right? What's the, how, how do numbers relate to one another? And that, um, and there's, you know, we do all kinds of arithmetic all the time, but we don't know how any of it really works anymore. And so our, we're, we don't have, um, I mean, you do, if, like if somebody studies accounting or something, um, they can get really good at, arithmetic relationships and um you know when you sit down with someone who's like an expert in spreadsheets and you just watch them build you a new spreadsheet to be able to understand the relationships between things you think this is what this is beautiful right arithmetic can be really beautiful when it um but we we tend to memorize a series of things and then move on and so we never get to the point where our faculties are exercised in the logic of numbers um which you know um which means that most of us can't get beyond you know a certain level of math and we think it's because some people are math people and some people are not math people Um, and there's some truth to that but a lot of it's because we don't approach we don't approach arithmetic. Um, we don't exercise the faculties of logic in general. And so we are very weak in our, in our logical thinking. Um, so geometry is the study of the logic of space. So, um, and this is the one that most men do have more of this uh, than they do arithmetic. I mean, most of us don't even balance our checkbooks anymore, so we can go a long time without doing any arithmetic. But um, if you're going to build anything, if you're going to do it, you know, work in the yard, work work on anything, you end up using geometry quite a bit. Um, and if you're exercised in the logic of space, you can do an enormous amount that makes you look like an expert when really it's just the logic of space that... It, that makes sense to you because you've exercised that faculty. Um, astronomy is the logic of space in motion. Interesting space through time. Yeah. So, so we, uh, so you, they don't, we, you don't study the stars just to know the stars in the ancient understanding of language, right. Or in, in the ancient understanding of an education, you study the stars because they, there is a, divine spiritual aspect in which you study the stars because we're told to look up and it's teaching us something and there's that but um and and then there is a lot within the um 
you know, the, the the understanding of the Zodiac and different things that there were some, some other aspects to this, but astronomy as a, a subject was the study of the logic of space in motion. You're watching things move and un, you come to understand how to predict something in motion, how to predict, you know, uh, to get there, to know that if it's right here and it's moving at this rate, at this angle, at the, you know, on this, this geometric curve that it's going to at this point in time, it's going to be at this point at that point in time. It was at that point, even though I didn't see it there, it was there. And I know that because I've studied astronomy and it's the study of the logic of space and motion. And then music is the logic of sound uh, as well as the study of time in the, in, in the logic of time, right? So in the ancient world, it, you thought of music more as like the glorification of of time, the glorification of language in time, right? So it, it had a whole rhetorical aspect to it. Um, but the logic is um, is a time sort of logic. So um, it we think of it simply as an art, but it was also a, a, a thought of as a craft. Um, and then you studied it music as well, because you knew you were going to be spending an eternity in a choir <laughs> as part of what you were created for. It's part of your telos as you were uh, an eternal choir member. Um, and so the, and the, the, the world is a, is a symphonic creation as a whole, right? So the music of the spheres that, so, um, the music of, nature you know all of that is god's uh, is a being working out what it was created for what its nature is in time is music right the music is that that glorification of time glorification of language over time glorification of communication and rhetoric over time so it's but all of this had all of the the way the reason they break it out is because you realize you've got different faculties of your of your mind faculties of imagination that need exercise and so you break it, it this, it's the same way that if you go to a a personal trainer he's going to say oh we, we got to do leg day we got to do your arms you know we got to do your core they they break out the different muscle groups to make sure each one of them gets exercise the liberal arts are the same sort of thing. You break out your faculties of imagination, um, your faculties of, of the mind, to make sure that each of them is getting the exercise that it needs so all of them are strong so that you can um, be a blessing to the world um, at, in your calling and, and, and not, um, not a simple, not a slave, I guess. So then, you know, I feel like we need, here's what I feel like needs to be done now. I think you have to give a book or two books for each one of these arts, okay. the arts that help because if, because I'm thinking about, you know, if you haven't had this kind of, if you haven't been had, if you haven't had this kind of education, then you start thinking about, okay, I need to get this. So one of the things that I did was I went and got the five foot bookshelf that you talked about. I went and got, I got yeah. 
Um, and I started going through it and I started reading other books to go along with it. Um, but if I want to, I know that if I want to work out my biceps, I know exactly which weights to grab to work out my biceps, right? If I want to work out my chest, I know exactly how I know which, I know which angles work on which parts of my chest. Right. And so, right. What would be, um, and maybe we we do this another time, but can you, I know that running does works out your heart particularly and circulation. Right. Right. And um, your lungs and your lungs. And and so it's an overall good body exercise. Right. And you have certain, um, some of the best exercises now are, um, are merged together with some sort of aerobic workout so that you can work everything, you know, is there a way to kind yeah. of, cause I feel like once you get past a certain age and once you get past a certain place, you need something that's going to be able to hit all these at once. And I don't know of anything. Yeah. hits all well, these at once. That's, that's where, you know, Dante Milton, um, ah. the, uh, the, you know, that, the, that's where those th- things come in. Like those are exercising everything at once. Um, the, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia for kids exercises everything at once. Um, you know the the Lord of the Rings. You know it's 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 a exercising everything at once sort of. I feel those, that, so, but that's and that's the goal, right? Is that you're in that everything's in good enough. That that's like you know I um, when I every time I'm like okay I'm gonna get back into shape. In my mind, I say this is so I can play basketball again because I love basketball, right? Or I can play soccer again because I love soccer. Like the the point is the sports, not the workout. The point is the oh, this is so you know so that when I need to fix a wall in the house, I've got the strength to do it. Right. um, That you've got the that um, the workout is not the point. The workout gets you to the point. Dante is the point, right? That's the he's the he's the sport. He's the basketball. Um, Milton is the soccer, you know, but, um, and it exercises everything at once. When you, know, once you're in general shape, then you, it's the, you get all those things exercised and it's fun doing it in the meantime, you know, that's where it's like, uh, um, I'm trying to think where the, where do you start? So, um, Clark and Jane wrote a book on the liberal arts tradition. Um, this Ethan, is really good. Ethan, I hope you're listening so you can add this to your list. I just want to make sure Ethan is listening so he can add. Uh, yeah, Kevin Clark and Robbie Scott Jane. This one, that one's that one's good. Um, uh, let's see. This well, John Milton Gregory wrote one on the seven laws of teaching. That's helpful. But I would say, um, actually, Jared Longshore's book, Wisdom for Kings and Queens. Yeah. I think is a is a good one on uh, on it's a, uh, on logic, right? It's a he's it's proverbs and he's kind of going through the logic of proverbs. That one's a good one. Uh, Jason Baxter's Beginner's Guide to Dante's Divine Comedy um, has a bunch of stuff on uh, astronomy doesn't, that's um, helpful. What doesn't um, and uh, rhetoric? What uh, Pinkall Brent Pinkall nope. doesn't he have a he's a teacher at NSA. I think he has one too. On on the six arts, I haven't read it yet. Though. Oh, I haven't seen, I haven't read that one yet. Yeah. We'll have to check that one out. It's called Redeeming. I think um, it's Redeeming the I, Six Arts. W- uh, the publisher Wooden Books 
puts together some really good stuff. They've got one called the Quadrivium. They've got some good stuff on I got geometry. One. Yeah. 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 That one's, that one's really fun. I mean, that I enjoy that one a lot. They, their one on music is really good too. Um, the, and then they've got one on logic that I just got. I haven't read yet, but I, it, I just got it. Uh, yeah. Stop um, my ch- head. My ch- head. How am I going to, so <laughs> Chesterton's really good with logic. Oh, um, you know, he's, a, he's a lot of fun to read, but like orthodoxy, um, it, uh, the everlasting man, like those are just exercises in logic. Jason, I'm sitting right? here. He's just, I just, I get it. Okay, but that does not that does not solve <laughs> transgender surgeries for kids. <laughs> but um, I mean, come on, man! Is, How many books I got to read? Okay. <laughs> no, I know, but that's the thing. Like, if you the question, have you seen the new? Um, my kids, we I've got a you know we've got a family group chat with everybody on it, and. My son just sent an, a uh, Babylon B where a girl comes into a tattoo shop. She wants to oh, get yeah, a tattoo. She's yeah, like, yeah. I'm here to get the tattoo. And she's like, he's like, you're 16. You can't. He's, she's like, what? I, it's my body, my choice. And she's like, no, you're 16. You can't you can't get a tattoo without parents' permission. She's like, well, what about alcohol? No, you can't. And he goes through all the things like, how, how about how about uh, you cut off all my privates? And he goes, we can do that. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a logic joke, though, right? Like, it's pointing out the the logical fallacy that all of these other things that we say you can't do without a parent's permission are not nearly as bad as the thing you can. Right? So, but that's, that's, uh, um, that's somebody that you can't, you can't be effective in the in the war against evil in the world without a, a liberal mindset, without that the liberal, without the free man's education. Because if your mind isn't free, it goes along. It just goes along with whatever is put in front of it. Um, and we have we we are in the grip of a slave education mindset for right? at least the last hundred fifty years. You think? For that, yeah, yeah. Well, probably, well, since the nineteen twenties is really you. You started to get the shift. Um, so about a hundred years, a little, a little bit, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but I mean, because th- think about, um, you know, this, you've got slaves all throughout the ancient world who they didn't, they didn't chain them up at night. They didn't lock the doors. They didn't. You know, the slaves just said, this is my spot. This is who I am. I am a slave by, you know, metaphysically, I'm a slave. That's what Kanye was trying to get at when he made his comment about, hey, you know, they didn't just overrun them. The slaves, he just let just stayed here. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset. Um, slave in, but now what we've done is we've raised multiple generations with the slave mindset. Um, and they're just going along with incredible falsehoods. And they don't have the will and or the ability to resist the lies. Um, that's what's got to change. You can't change that overnight. You 
you can, it can it can be changed faster than you would expect. Historically speaking, um, a lot of these things can be changed faster, but they're changed by digging in at the right spot. And can I can and, I, I and there's another. I think the fear is. Will there be anything left while you're trying to raise up your army of new educated people? And, yeah, and, that is the fear. But I think I'll let you I'll let you answer this too. But I think it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen people reject the law in order to do something righteous because of the kind of people that they were that were built a particular type of way, and that the laws had to change because the the morality of the people rejected that type of um, tutor. The tutor was leading them a wrong way and they knew right. it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they, th- you can see historically it's like, yeah, we're not, we're just not going to do that. And it's because you had a particular people yeah. who had their face set towards the Lord and to honor God and all of they did. And so they're like, no, we're not, we weren't, no, it's not the world that we live in. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at what the, what the Methodists um, were dealing with in England where they had to say, wait, how, how come, how did an entire society, a Christian society suddenly is what it felt like to them. Suddenly we're okay with slavery. How did that happen? We have not been okay with slavery for a thousand years for a thousand years. We are people not okay with slavery and then the Methodists were like, what happened? In one generation, suddenly slavery's okay? And so that's how they talked, right? And that's how, so um, so you have them writing books and pamphlets and speaking on the evils of slavery as an institution. We are Christians. We don't, we're not okay with slavery, right? Um, they, they're doing this, but they're doing the same thing with bear baiting, with uh, bull baiting, with cockfighting, right? They're, where they're like, what happened? We, last generation, we weren't okay with animal cruelty. Why is there a generation suddenly okay with animal cruelty in the public square? Um, the, the, uh, and the, so things like trouble with alcohol, like gin and, you know, which was that they didn't say, they were like, yeah, that's a, that's universal. Man, that's been one of mankind's problems all along right that's not new but animal cruelty for for entertainment that was new and slavery that was new we don't you know you've got guys like edmund burke saying um really (laughs) this 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 was this is illegal and and everybody being like well it's important for the economics he's like nope it's been illegal for a thousand years what do you mean it's important for the economics this is not um and but it only took a generation to turn it back right but the next generation couldn't imagine slavery legal again in england we didn't we didn't go after it in america and with the same we didn't have the same um the revival didn't have the same effect or the preaching didn't have the same effect in America. Um, and I think it's because, uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's because we allowed the slavery onto our soil. They, they never did for them. It was the slave trade. 
was a lot of people making money on the slave trade. They didn't have, um, they didn't allow slavery to become a central part of their economic mod plan. Um, and we did. So that, uh, to our moral shame and peril and, and to the two, uh, uh, which was a dislodgement from the history of Western civilization too. So, but when you, so it took longer for us to get rid of it. Um, but it can go, it can come and go quickly when the preachers, when the preachers take their role as the conscience of society seriously. So I think that's where we failed. <laughs> I mean, you've got guys like Vody who who get that and have not. Um, you know, he's he's still got a, a public platform and he uses it well. I love the that sermon that starts off with, oh, you know, a lot of my I've got good friends that yeah, 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 yeah. It's brilliant, right? It's that he's a great rhetorician. He's very so. You've got um, that's that going on, but you know the the church as a whole. I think we're in the same sort of spot where you look around and say, wait, we're okay with bear baiting. Are we, we're okay with that now. We're, we're okay with bull baiting. Um, do we really, do we really want that? Do we really want um, that to suddenly be okay? Uh, do we really want slavery to be okay? Do we, we really, and I, um, it was, it was that with here, here's something I actually just saw that, I'm curious how this is going to work out. Um, I've seen a lot of stats about um, people's general discomfort with abortion and that it's 55 to 60% of people don't want abortion legal. Right. Right. Nationally speaking. Right. So, um, but I have now what I'm seeing is, people saying that 70 that 70 percent of people support the the um everybody or of, of roe versus wade being or of the federal government making a law to make abortion legal federally um i've not seen any studies done that show it i've not seen i've just seen that number being passed around every time I've read a study, um, a poll, it's, it, it says that the, that the pro that the anti-abortion sentiment is growing, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, on Twitter, I just started seeing it everywhere. 70% of people, um, support this 70% of people and you know it's shared thousands and thousands of times you back it up and I can't find a study that anyone did I think it's just a made up number I think somebody just made up a number and now it's become the <laughs> this is the slave mentality that says I'm told by the by the by society what, what is yeah, true that's right yeah and I yeah. don't I don't question it yeah I don't say Interesting. Where does that number come from? Where is, what is the, uh, what's the source of that? What's the logic behind it? How was the study done? What were the questions asked, right? You, all, all of those things and see if you can 
un- understand what's going on. Um, but the slave mentality is such that you've got people that just share, share, share. Um, and it's on both sides because you, you have the same sort of thing going on with the, with the shooter in Texas. You have two very distinct narratives now. That's going to... And, and nobody sitting around saying... Can we get more information? <laughs> I don't have enough information yet. Um, but if that's the case, though, can you trust the people who bring you the information at that point? If 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 they're already manipulating, you know, the information you do have, yeah. and drawing conclusions from it that they shouldn't be drawing, could you trust them to bring you any information? This is where it's like, no, you I, know. It, but the, the and this this but that's part of the exercising the faculties to be able to ask questions that aren't allowed, right? Right. right. You, um, be, rather than saying my tribe gives me my truth, which is I think where most people are, and that's a slave mentality. Um, the we we say we we should be able to ask questions, you know, and say well, you the. Like all the pictures of the tattoos, I think are a really good example of the shooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pictures of the tattoos all have no heads, right? <laughs> so what? Wh- why do we not? We don't have a picture of the of the guy with the, with his face and the tattoos. You can either get pictures of the face or you can get pictures of the tattoos. But you can can you get one with all of them together? Wh- why not? Right. Say, I yet I have I don't know what's going on. That's the conclusion that I have drawn at this point. I don't know what's going on because I don't trust the other side where you've got, oh, there's a a CIA agent on 4chan um, has uh, can is who we can't identify can has told us that he was a radical white supremacist. that's not a chain of evidence either right but neither of them are presenting a chain of evidence that outside of the my tribe gives me my truth mentality can um it can make sense of what's going on as of right now as of yesterday um so but we should a free man says hmm let me wait and see i can a free man says my tribe can be wrong sometimes and i will oppose them when they are the other side can be right sometimes, and I'll be I'll back them when they are right. Um, and sometimes both tribes are wrong, and the a rivalry doesn't create truth. Um, so, uh, pat you know, power is not power is not justification for going along with lies, right? All of those things are that that's what we need is we need that free man's education um, for all of our kids and for ho- hopefully, you know, the, the give it to whoever wants it mentality that the church has always had um reinvigorated um but that's a long play and th- and you're right maybe america is lost in the process hey thanks appreciate that jason that's really great appreciate that <laughs> but- <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> not what i wanted to hear but <laughs> but but um you know the 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 church isn't it, the church won't be lost you know 
our families, we've got promises from God that our that our families and our descendants um, are His. So the um, and the civil the civil government's promise is do justice, and I will protect you. When you look around and say, "Oh, not doing justice," we don't say, "Well, but God's going to protect America," right? You say, right. "Well, if we repent, um, seek the Lord, God will protect America." How do you? So, get, how do you? I mean, go, go ahead. It's just strange. I mean, it's strange days to live in, but it's the scriptures are still our guide. How do you get someone to do all of this work? I mean, that sounds great, and um, I think. Seeing, seeing the levers that are in front of you and then telling somebody not to pull them. And it's like this lever, you know what I mean? Like, that's just like, that's not, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, here's a lever right here, but this one's a lot of work, but all these other ones over here, <laughs> and you pull and you get what you want. I mean, pretty much immediately. It's a temporary fix. It's almost like, yeah, you, you listen to David Bonson talk about the economy and part of our problem has been borrowing money on the potential good that will come in the future. <laughs> yeah. Instead of saying one generation or somebody's going to have to say, how about we don't borrow any money and just use what we have now until we're able to pay off what we currently have as a debt and not borrow money against the future yeah. of our our race, our people. We, I mean, I mean, we're heroin addicts saying just one more, right? That's what we are right now. You know that at some point, um, UOD, but you're saying, well. But today, I'll, I'll get off drugs tomorrow. You know, we're, that's that's Yikes. we're we're in that sort of societal addiction to debt, um, and I mean, and, and the reality is, you know, God's people throughout time there have um, there's a lot of examples of people going into debt and then getting out of debt, right? Going into debt and getting out of debt, and that uh, you know. We, the when you're starting a company, you know, you go into debt in order to pay off the debt. There's there are it's not the it's not debt um, in and of itself that is a problem because you can you know uh, leverage your property to to uh, take a risk on on a opportunity and that's not that's but that's not what we're doing as a society as a nation right we're um, we act as if the limits on our debt are the things that's what's causing our problem. And, and you see that in the arguments, right? Um, we've got to raise the national, we've got to raise the cap on the national debt because that cap is making it impossible for us to pay our bills. <laughs> Actually it's the spending that's it, making it right. With that kind of logic, um, it, it works if you're not a free person, if you don't know how to think through those things and it would make sense. Right. 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 So, but it's like, it's like somebody saying, um, not having coffee is giving me a headache. Right. Um, you think yeah, that, that there, that's true. But that's also not true, right? The thing that's giving you a headache is your coffee addiction. Now, I have one of those. I get a headache if I don't have my morning cup of coffee. And maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I have, Now that I say it out loud, maybe it makes me think maybe well, I shouldn't. You need a we'll friend see. to talk about um, it. I'll be here for right, you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, the, um, but saying um, there's no more space on my credit cards, that's why I can't pay my debt, is... Um, you know, you you we need Dave Ramsey 
at this point to come in and say, actually, you've got a spending problem and an income problem, right? Or an income problem, right? Those are your two possible problems. Um, let's let's dig in and figure out which one it is. Now, I can, I'm pretty sure I can tell you the problem with the federal government is a spending problem without yeah. doing too much um, too much digging, but you can't go around saying we're giving out we're giving out multi billion dollar um, handouts and then say, but the problem is our debt ceiling. Is to, you know, I, the 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 well, what comes with that is everyone knows at that point we're going to have to eat peanut butter and jellies for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's the reality of it. Everybody knows, and that's kind of you know with this and jumping in this at, and not having this kind of education. You're like, you're going to have to eat some peanut butter and jellies for some while until I will say the reality is, though, here's the reality. In our situation, you quit, you, you quit the pork spending. And the people don't have to eat peanut butter and jelly. Mm. It's just (laughs) right. Mm. It's the it's the fascists, the hyper, the 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 uh, fascists in bed with the corporations and the government that have to eat the peanut butter and jelly, not your average citizen. If we keep going this direction, then the average citizen is the one that ends up having to eat peanut butter and jelly That's a good point. because the right. So right now you cut the pork, you cut the fascist pork out and there are some very wealthy high end corporations that have to tighten their belt, but most average citizens won't have to. Fascism always hurts the 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 middle class and the poor. It, it benefits the wealthy, and I mean, I don't have any problem with people making as much money as they can legally. Um, but right now, system, we've got a yeah. kick. Yeah, we've got a kickback system that is is the reason we need a debt ceiling. The debt ceiling to go up, um, and so I mean it, that it's like. It's like, a, you know, you've got your average family um, who also happens to be, su- you know, supporting an uncle on a yacht that they never get to visit. Um, and you're like, oh, the pro- you know, I'm sorry, I can't pay the bills. My uncle on his really expensive yacht out there that I support but never get to visit um, spent extra this month. And so I can't pay my water bill. And you say oh man, you're going to have to tighten your belt. It's like, or you can stop supporting the crazy uncle who lives on a yacht. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's, that's, uh, this is where I, I, there used to be a lot of common ground between your average conservative and your average left liberal was, they all agreed. Like we should, maybe we shouldn't support the, the crazy uncle on the yacht, you know, the, the corporation over there. That's that, gets kickbacks maybe we shouldn't do that anymore yeah until the corporation said hey would you like a yacht and they're like well now let's just bring it (laughs) up let's just have everybody everybody gets a yacht now and everybody gets to have a party and so you got a uni party yeah from it right they're all all the same yeah yeah and the difference was the people on the left called it crony capitalism, and the people on the right called it fascism. But we used to all at least agree it was it's wrong. bad. Yeah, that's now we're saying. like, yeah, now we're like, do we don't even know what's happening? Most people don't even know what's happening. So, are you ready for Nashville? 
I am excited about Nashville. I'm I'm just starting to get excited. Yes, but are you ready? So I am ready. Yep, going to okay. be talking about that. Uh, uh, why uh, we yeah, why yeah. we named it a world a world ends when its metaphor is died. Why you know, why did we name it that? I already think I'm excited to talk about that. We said we weren't going to talk about it, but you did in the show. I didn't bring it up, but I saw you. I see. <laughs> Oh, I saw what you were doing. I was like, oh, he's giving a taste of it right now. Prepping, prepping a little bit yeah. of what I've been So I don't think we'll do a show. Recently. We won't do a show next week because we'll be just getting back into town, but we'll have that um, Knox Unplugged Live event with uh, Dr. George Grant, David Fowler, you and myself um, in Nashville. Um, FightLaughFeastNetwork.com or flfnetwork.com if anybody wants to go i think we're about full uh but you should go and sign up and see if it still lets you and if it does then we'll see you guys out there on saturday is where we're going to be at so i'm looking yeah. forward did you get to all the things on your list i did i actually made yes. it through that's um, why i didn't speak we, hardly we can, in, yeah <laughs> it's like i want to get yeah. to this list we can, but we but I mean, we can always dig into some of them more and talk about why they're important. But you know that um, I, I think we gave a little bit of at least a taste. Yeah, you what know a, what a what a real education is. What I like to do is go through and show. Oh, this is you know I would like to take a moment or something that's happening in uh, politics or even American society and pause and say, okay, if this person understood logic, this would be. Like if we understood logic, this wouldn't have the kind of traction that it had. Or if we understood music, yeah. this we wouldn't have the sort of impact here. If we understood, you know, geometry or astronomy, you know, th- understanding these things is a defense against this type, these type of chains, right? And yeah, yeah, I- I'd love to be able to kind of narrow in on some of those. 